The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. News when you need it. Fun when you want it. This is the 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross on 630 Chad. 338 on the 630 Chad Afternoon News. Well, some encouraging news in regard to one of the Humboldt Bronco players injured in April 6th bus crash. Ryan Strashnitsky, left paralyzed from the crash, has now been released from hospital in Saskatchewan. He will continue his recovery in Calgary at the Foothills Hospital. Global National Alberta correspondent Reed Feiss had uh, the uh, opportunity to uh, chat today with his dad, Tom. Hey, Reed, thanks for joining us this afternoon. Hi, good afternoon, guys. Um, so th- this is good news. Out of hospital, what did, uh, what did uh, Ryan's dad have to say today? Well, they were excited. Uh, yeah. They got the sense that perhaps uh, he was going to get out. Now, to, to clarify, he got out of the Saskatoon Hospital, so he's, he's traveled back uh, via medevac to Calgary, okay. and he, he's going to go into hospital here, but at least he'll be closer to home in Airdrie. Um, and so uh, I guess it came pretty quick this morning. Apparently the paramedics um, showed up to his room, and uh, so he phoned his parents and said, oh, they're here to pick me up. And they're like, <laughs> oh, let's hold on just a little bit. Uh, so they did so that his mom could get there, and then so she flew with him. But obviously, um, you know, they noted that the care has been great in Saskatchewan, but this is only going to help them kind of get back to a little bit of uh, Mm -hmm. normal uh, routine, right, being at home uh, closer to Calgary and Airdrie. Well, I suppose closer to friends as well that might want to come by and visit them. Yeah, totally. And and that's what his dad said. Although they've gotten lots they've of friends. They've had a lot. Um, yeah, in, in Saskatoon as well. And, and of course, he's got, he'll have such a long road ahead of him for people that aren't aware. He, he's paralyzed. Um, and so, you know, he's, he's, he's got some, uh, an amazing spirit. If you've heard him speak, Ryan, um, who will turn 19 years old tomorrow, actually. His birthday will be tomorrow. And so, uh, you know, but he's got a lot of work ahead of him. He, he wants to see, can, can he, what, what, you know, uh, ability he has to, to get up again and, and, and live his new life and his new reality. And so uh, the doctors have said that he'll be in the hospital at least a couple of months mm. um, as, as they kind of work on rehabilitation with him. Has uh, Did Dad talk about at all today about how they're preparing for, you know, once he is released from, from hospital, preparing, uh, you know, when he finally gets to come home home? Yeah, well, I mean, they're going to have to look at all of those things. I know he was talking with um, some friends in Airdrie about, you know, could they redo um, their walk-out basement home there uh, to create a suite that's accessible uh, for Ryan. Uh, I think those are some of the things now that the family can now move towards now that, you know, they can be back home in their own beds every night. Um, But, um, yeah, I mean, it's definitely going to have to be a reality. He's going to have to find um, uh, lots of new new ways to get around. but, But... but his spirit is so strong, and he seems like he, you know, he's he's going to go at it um, as best as he can. I, I have no doubt. I've, ne- I've never had the chance or opportunity to meet him, but I, I get the sense just from the little interaction we've seen from him on TV and and uh, on the radio that um, you know, if there's anyone who can do it, it seems like uh, this uh, 19-year-old young man will be able to. You know, Ryan's strength is one of the stories that came out of that uh, Humboldt crash. As we all clamored for, yeah, a, any story that was a, a more positive one than the than the overall story. Did you get a sense in talking to the dad where that strength comes from? I mean, how's the dad doing? Well, I think uh, everyone's, uh, you know, I mean, they have to be strong, and and I, I imagine in it in a 
case like this, they're they're probably still in some shock about what's happened, mm-hmm. right? Um, they're meeting doctors every day, um, so so maybe you know some lower points or some more reality you know, reality points will come later on. But um, you know, I think you know they're probably very much thankful, even though they'll have challenges ahead. So I think that's where a lot of it is coming from, and and probably the support uh, that they've gotten now that you know the GoFundMe page has has ended, uh, and and there will be some work to issue some of that money to help um, not only the families who have lost, uh, mm-hmm. you know, uh, their sons or, or daughters, or but also for the uh, survivors to, um, you know, pay for their new realities as well. Global Nationals' Reid Feist joining us this afternoon. Reid, um, RCMP provided a bit of an update this afternoon. Were you listening in on that? Yeah, I mean, it, it definitely, I mean, obviously this is something that's captured not only um our country's attention, but around the world. Um, and, uh, you know, we, we've been waiting for more info because, you know, we've heard the reports. Some uh, victims' families have said someone has told them that, you know, this, this truck driver went through a stop sign. The police won't confirm that um, at all. Other than today, they revealed a little bit more information about where the truck was. And so they said today that this truck was in the intersection as the bus approached. And we know that the truck had a stop sign. The bus um, had the right of way, and there was there was no stop sign or any lights uh, mm-hmm. for it. So we do know that um, whether the truck was already in motion, whether had it just come to a stop and then was moving into the intersection, did it stall or did it blow through? All of those possibilities are still out there, and police really aren't saying. The other uh, development is we heard that well, police have essentially. Uh, taken the black boxes out of these engines, um, or what you could call the equivalent of what an airline black box might be, and it has been sent um, to California for analysis. And I talked to a mechanic today, and they say that these modules, they, they have a lot of information about our vehicles, and, and should have information from about 20 seconds back, at least. Mm-hmm. So um, hopefully that will give some information about the speeds, the braking, um, a whole bunch of different things that... Um, uh, our, our vehicle modules, even in the ones we drive, um, it, w- it would capture some of that information. I think a lot of people were hoping, but perhaps not expecting, to learn more about the driver of the truck. And I know that you had an opportunity to talk to uh, Sikmander Singh. He's the owner of the trucking company involved in the crash. Did he shed any new light on the on the driver or on the accident? Uh, no, uh, not really. I mean, he's uh, he's quite shaken by this as well. I, I spoke with him last week at his house after kind of the news came out that it was this Calgary company. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I think he and, and the driver, uh, you know, are, are coming to terms with what has happened as they kind of go through this investigative process. Um, the owner said to me that this driver, um, he told us last week that he was seeing a doctor, um, and, and today he, he didn't have a lot to say to me, but he said he continues to see that professional. Um, the Mounties do say that the driver is cooperating, though. Um, and as of this point, uh, there are no charges, um, but um, mm-hmm. I don't think they've ruled that out either. And at the scene of the crash today, they were doing kind of um, reconstruction of what was happening, or of what ha- happened. Is that correct? 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah. What they what they did, they shut down this intersection, which is is, is kind of rare. You, mm-hmm. uh, we don't, I don't see this a lot. Or in my career, I've never heard too much about RCMP going back and shutting down a scene again. And what they did is they brought back a big bus and they brought back um, in uh, like an equivalent semi truck mm-hmm. as well. Uh, we our crews were kept back at some distance, so we couldn't see exactly what was going on. But it really looked like they were trying to run through, um, uh, you know, the scenarios and, and maybe not so much, you know, try to recreate the crash, but at least recreate what the sight lines would have been for each driver, yeah. etc. as they were moving down those roads. Reed Feist joining us this afternoon. Reed, we know that you're on a deadline. Thanks for taking time out this afternoon for us. You're welcome. Have a good afternoon. Reid Feist. And as uh, Reid mentioned, um, uh, the RCMP Assistant Commissioner, Curtis Oblonsky, uh, provided an update on the investigation today. And he went on to say he told the media that had gathered that it's still too early to tell if charges will be laid. Initial inspections examining the mechanical condition of both vehicles have been completed. And we are awaiting the reports and the results of this important work. As well, we have recovered all available documentation that was at the scene, including driver logbooks. We will conduct a complete review of these documents, looking at, among other things, hours of work, rest time, brake checks, and compliance with safety standards. I can confirm that we've recovered the engine control modules from both vehicles. They were taken by RCMP officers to California this week for further expert analysis. These engine control modules have the ability to record pre-collision data, including speed and any, any changes in speed, the RPM of the engines, and the application of brakes. And until the analysis is complete, we will not know what data was recorded by each vehicle prior to the collision. And it's important to note that this data is used to supplement a scene investigation and assist in the examination of the circumstances of the event. Here's what I can tell you further about the collision itself. At this time, investigators know that at approximately 5 p.m. on April 6th, the tractor-trailer unit was traveling westbound on Highway 335 and the bus traveling northbound on Highway 35 a thoroughfare when the collision occurred. The preliminary investigation has determined that the tractor-trailer unit was in the intersection at the time of the collision, and I can assure you that all of our efforts are dedicated to determining why the tractor-trailer unit was in the intersection. We know the road conditions were clear and the sun was shining at the time of the collision. As it pertains to the driver of the tractor-trailer unit, the driver was taken into custody immediately after the collision and released later that evening. The tractor-trailer unit driver remains in regular contact with our officers. That is RCMP Assistant Commissioner Curtis Oblonsky uh, today providing a bit of an update on the investigation into the Humboldt Broncos bus crash. There is one remaining memorial service to be held. Assistant coach Mark Cross will be laid to rest on Saturday.
I was just listen. That oh, laugh okay, is. Okay, sorry. No, we're not laughing. We, no, he no, was no. just telling me a story about the the dumb criminal from yesterday. With the dash cam, mm-hmm. yeah. You'd uh, you'd taken off for other responsibilities, and I, uh, I I had that as one of my. Uh, Gross misconduct, I call it. Dumb criminals is uh, the <laughs> subtitle. The dash cam guy was funny. Uh, hey, what about this? Um, what time this morning, listeners, did you swear? I'm going to guess. I'm going to be a Kreskin here and say that you, you swore at about 10.54 a.m. <laughs> this is occurring. This is not because something happened at 10.54. It's an average. A study conducted by Nine Round Kickbox Fitness. Don't know who they are, but they did the study. Um, they looked into everyday stress and frustration of 2,000 Americans. They wanted to know what stresses out Americans and how do they deal with it. And they determined that swearing was the number one way that Americans deal with with stress and frustration, and that on average, that uh, stress or frustration manifests itself at 10.54 a.m. Now, some swear earlier than that. Some wake up swearing, but uh, on average, 10.54. It was early in my house today. (laughs) Was it? Why? What was going on? It was 1.32 in the morning. Yeah. Dog-related? So, the puppy. Mm. Well, first off, you know that we're having septic issues. I've heard, yes. So, our guy... Was over the poo guy was over doing work on some stuff and so has pulled out the pump and some filters and stuff and had to take a piece back to shop to clean it all out. A piece of the system, right? Right, makes more sense. Okay, so covered up the tanks, of course, but these big pieces of poo instruments, I guess you could call them, are on the lawn. Oh, the dogs had no interest in them at all. Yesterday, right. But at one o'clock, actually, it was one twenty in the morning when word, word spread in the when, house. Yes, when Bo Breeze decided that I needed to, he needed to go out and check this I out. Need to go look at that. So he went outside and he wouldn't come back inside. And uh, he was over there nibbling on the whatever, whatever was on those. Things. How old is this Tasmanian devil of yours? Two. He should not be going out at one thirty in the morning. Oh. He should be good to go for the uh, night. Well, I know. Take him for a, a, a I walk. Know. I know, but he did, mm. and he wouldn't come. He wouldn't come back in the house. And I tried all the tricks, anything. So I went flying upstairs. The, the tricks. Uh, shaking the dog treats at the door. Oh, he's onto that. So I went flying upstairs, and uh, I said to my husband, <laughs> <laughs> "You need to come get your dog." Mm. He is eating bleepity bleep off the bleepity bleep. So you felt like it wasn't sufficient to have only one of you not sleeping. You felt like... I went outside in a blanket. Got that. Only in right. a blanket to try to get him, and I couldn't get him. But there was no party that went, well, I'll deal with this, as opposed to... I was trying to deal with it, then it wouldn't work. Yeah, okay. That, nope, that's fine. Carol sometimes waves a pizza menu when she wants me to come in, and I just come running. So, I fall for it every time. So the little dork finally came in the house. Oh, good. That'd be Bo Breeze. Mm. Crawled back into bed. Mm-hmm. Oh. Oh, and then there was more swearing at 5 o'clock this morning when the, the poopsicles or whatever he had nibbled off the bottom of this sump stuff, he threw up on my carpet in my bedroom. Yeah, you need to get a refund on that dog. Oh, and it gets better. Oh. Oh, then it gets better. Okay. So he crawls back into bed. Yeah. And at 7 o'clock... Did you clean his paws off first, by the way, just yes, out of pure cleaned, curiosity? Okay. Cleaned them all up, cleaned off the carpet, mm. and it was just gross, of course. And then uh, Willow, you're, you're the dog that you, that you love. I do. She started throwing up. Mm. Just bile. 
mm. because she apparently hadn't eaten soon enough. That's or what she does now. Or she's just sick and tired of how you baby the other one. <laughs> or just sick and tired of him. <laughs> yeah. And I wouldn't blame Willow at all. Willow's the best stick chaser on the planet. He eats the poo. Yeah. Then he throws up the poo. Mm. Well, he's got a system at least. Um, I should We're out mention. Of time. Uh, well, real quickly. Actually, uh, we do have a minute. All right, good. I can do this then. The so top- yeah. Top 10 reasons that uh, Americans are stressed at number 10, politics, uh, number 9, the news, then family responsibilities, home life, my children, (laughs) my partner, hey, should put dog next to that, Uh, work, the number 3 reason, Uh health concerns, number 2, not getting enough sleep, man, you are checking a lot of these off. I am every single one of those. Um, Maybe not the number one reason for stress that causes most Americans to swear at 10.54 a.m. Am on average financial worries. Finances uh, are at the heart of a lot of things. Yeah. Okay. And dogs. <laughs> <laughs> That's really funny. Your dog is actually causing nine out of ten of these. <laughs> well, not politics. Eight out of ten. Sorry. <laughs> the 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad.